Today we're starting a brand new series and we're going to jump straight into it. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Namplange. I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Starting a brand new series talking about faith focus. Amen? Someone say faith focus. The subtitle is Winning in Life. How many of you want to win? Faith is the key that makes believers win in life. You will begin to win in all the different spheres of your life. Let's go now to 1 John chapter number 5, verse 4. How important is faith in the life of a believer? How important is faith in the life of a believer? 1 John chapter number 5, verse 4. Watch what it says. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is that victory? Our faith. Now, let's read this in the New Living Translation, because sometimes the King James Bible you know, hide some nice things in a language that is beyond what a common man can understand. Watch what it says in the New Living Translation. For every child of God, how many children of God do I have this morning? It says every child of God defeats this evil world. And it tells you how you do it. And we achieve this victory through our faith. So when you became a child of God, you walked out with a prescription of how to live life victoriously. And that prescription is called F-A-I-T-H. Faith. Someone say faith. Faith causes you to win. Amen? Romans chapter number 1 verse 17. How important is faith? Romans chapter number 1 verse 17. In the New King James Bible. Let's stay in King James. It says, for in it the righteousness of God. Now, if you read verse 16, remember the Apostle Paul writing, he says, uh, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the gospel, the power of uh, uh, God unto salvation. And he goes on to say in uh, verse 17, for in it, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So faith becomes a lifestyle. Notice it didn't say the just shall run to faith when they are in trouble. He says the just shall live by faith. Faith has to become a lifestyle. Faith is a way of living. For who? For the just. Hebrews chapter number 10 verse 13. Hebrews chapter number 10 verse 13. Setting a foundation now. Hebrews chapter number 10 verse 38. 38. It says, Now the just shall live by faith. Did you see it? How shall the just live? Who lives by faith? How shall the just live? Notice it didn't say the just shall live by religion. It didn't say the just shall live by going to church. Because you only go to church once every week. He didn't say the just shall live by tithing. You get to tithe because you are the just, but the way of life is faith. 
The just shall live by faith. Amen? And it says, my soul shall have... Uh, it says, but if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Hebrews chapter number 11 verse 6. Hebrews chapter number 11 verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is what? Impossible. I didn't hear that. Impossible. Man, you could stop reading right there. Anything else that comes beyond that doesn't matter. What we know based on this statement is without faith, there are no possibilities. Without faith, it is not possible. Without faith, you can't do anything. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to do what? To please Him. Capital letter H, talking about God. So if you want to please God, you need faith to please God. He says, without it, you cannot please the man. And if the man is not pleased with you, you certainly cannot trick him into answering your prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! He says, without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God. Here's the deal, guys. You don't have to come to God. You can go to the bank and get a loan. You can go to counselors. You can go to uh, 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 gurus. You can go. Everywhere. But if you decide you are going to come to God, watch what follows. He who comes to God, M U S T, it becomes a divine imperative. There is no other way to do it. He who comes to God must believe. You must believe two things. First, that he is, in other words, that he exists. Yes. And secondly, that he is a rewarder. God is not a taker. God is a rewarder. God is a giver. God is not trying to take away from us. He's a rewarder. And this is the perception of God that you need if you're going to function in faith. He says he's a rewarder of them who diligently, not haphazardly, not sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, sometimes, you know. No, no, no. Diligently. Consistently. Remember, the just shall live by faith. They live diligently. They live consistently. They don't run to faith when they are in trouble to try and build their faith muscles. No. They're doing it all the time. So they're already in good shape. Faith-wise. And I remember the first time I joined the gym, I went in, man, and I lifted every weight that was in the gym. <laughs> and I used every machine that was in the gym. Man, I would look at machines like this one. How does it work? Leg? Okay. And then do two, three reps, and then use the other one, and use the other one, and so on. And when I walked out, nothing had changed. You know why? Because it takes time. I have to make it a part of my life. Not only that, I have to start eating in line with it. Remember, Romans chapter number 10 verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So faith comes when you eat of his word. Watch this consistently. This is the reward. They that seek him diligently. Amen? Let us go now to Hebrews chapter number 11. But before we do that, let's go to Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5 verse 2. Thank you, Jesus. So faith is key. Faith is critical. Amen. 
if we're going to win, if we're going to live victorious in this life. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter number 5 verse 2 says, By whom also we have access. Someone say access. It says, By whom also we have access. How? By faith. Into what? This grace wherein we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. See, we have access into God's grace through faith. What is God's grace? God's grace is everything that God has already. Someone say already. Already. Everything that God has already given to us that pertains to a godly living. That is what grace. Without us having to earn it. Grace is in the past tense of God's word. This is why healing is a grace. It's a done deal. Jesus has already healed everyone that is ever going to heal. What we need to do is to access it. God has already prospered everyone that is ever going to prosper. What we need to do is to access it. But how do we access it? By faith. So grace is on God's side of the ledger. And faith is on our side of the ledger. Faith is our positive response to what God has done by grace. So grace is this ATM loaded with all the grace stuff, all the promises of God, the prosperity, the healing, the anointings, the gifts of the Holy Ghost. It's this one ATM that is loaded with stuff. But how many of you know that if you go to an ATM, an ATM won't dispense whatever it possesses because you're just standing right next to it. If you don't believe it, try it. It won't release money just because you're standing next to it begging in what you call prayer. Please, 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 F&B, please. Man, that thing is not releasing anything. But how do you get stuff in it? You go and you slip in your card. You become a believer first. And then you punch in the, 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 the PIN number, the access. F-A-I-T-H. Faith. And as you do that, you have access into His Grace, and all of a sudden, now you have access into a spiritual world that is loaded with everything that pertains to life and godliness. But the way you tap into that world is through faith, through your positive response, through doing something to grab a hold of that which Christ has already grabbed a hold for you. Or apprehending that which Jesus has already apprehended for you. All you are doing is taken. You don't have to toil. You have to access that ATM by faith. Hallelujah. Let's go now to Hebrews chapter number 11 verse 1. So faith gives us access into his grace. For you are saved, Ephesians 2 verse 8, for you are saved by grace through faith. faith. That not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now this is a famous passage of scripture. And what I've learned, you know, with famous passages of scripture is that I need to pay even more attention to those scriptures that I think I know. You know why? Because the word of God is pregnant with new facets of revelation that will blow your mind. So today I want to invite you as we look at this scripture to have a a, a clear perspective as, as you receive what God wants you to learn from this scripture. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Did you see it? It says faith is. Notice it didn't say faith will be. Or faith was. Because faith is in the present realm. Man, if you say God is going to heal me, you are not in faith. 
Because faith is now. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is not hope. Did you see it? He says, faith is the substance of the things that you hope for. So hope is good, but if you stop at hope, you won't get into faith. You start at hope. Hope is great, but it won't stop the ship from sinking. Man, you could sink with a good attitude. Hope, all hope gives you is a good attitude. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the ship is sinking. So hope is great. But it's not faith. It needs some faith to it for it to work. What does that mean? Let's look at this scripture in the Amplified Bible. Same scripture, verse 1. Notice what he says here. He says, now faith is the assurance. It's the confirmation. It's the title deed. Now, if you go to the bank and, you know, you want to get a loan and they say we need a guarantee. We need, you know, something that, like a, a collateral. We, we need something that we can uh, hold on to that will, you know, make sure that you pay us back. Now, what would happen if I went and rented an excavator? And I say, you know what? I'm going to give you my house. And then I rented an excavator and carried my house to the bank. What is the bank going to say to me? No, you're crazy. We don't want your house. But you can bring something. That is proof that you own the house. And that thing is called a title deed. We don't want your house. All we want is your title deed. Because we know whoever is in possession of the title deed is the real owner of the property. You may be in the house, but if you don't have the title deed, whoever has the title deed can evict you at any given time. Now, with the promises of God is loaded with title deeds sent to God's children. And it's time we start evicting some demons out of our properties. Why? Because we possess the title deed. He says it's the title deed, it's the con Confirmation. You know, if you're renting a vacation, there are three, two stages, maybe three. Uh, the first one is to look for where you want to go. The second one is to make a reservation. A reservation is not a confirmation. They give you about 48 hours to make payment so you can get a confirmation. Man, when you're at reservation level, things can change. No, God's word is confirmation. It's not reservation. He didn't reserve healing. No, he's confirmed healing. He didn't reserve prosperity. No, he has confirmed it. It's a confirmation. Now, I started thinking about it when Pastor Dave, you know, came and his beautiful wife, we decided we were going to, you know, just kind of spoil them and send them into a spa. And all we did when we went to pick them up at the airport was give them a confirmation. We didn't bring the, you know, my masseuse, the massage lady. With us to the airport and say, yeah, this is the lady that's going to be giving you a massage. Yeah, oh, oh, now, roll with her. No, we didn't do that. All we needed to do was to give a confirmation. And when the day came, you know what he did? He took the confirmation to the place and went and said, you know what? I'm supposed to be getting a spa treatment today, the 3rd of February. My name is on it, and this is the... Confirmation, not reservation, confirmation. Yeah. Now, what would have happened if the lady had said, oh, okay, I'm looking at this, but I can't find your name. I'll tell you what would have happened. One of two things, depending on my relationship with Pastor Dave, that would have determined what he does next. 
Whenever you receive a denial, what happens next is determined by your perception of the person who has given you the promise. Now, if he had said, okay, I always knew it. Tafari is always trying to be, you know, bowling and man, he ain't even. I, oh, I knew, okay, anyway, give me this thing. Let me call Tafari. Hey, man, why you got to do that? It reflects what he thinks of me. So when you go back to God and say it's not raining, I think God is angry with us. God, man, you, you, you're going back to the wrong person. That dude has already paid and settled the bill. But it reveals what you think of the person who has given you a confirmation. Now, if you know in your Noah that Tafara is full of integrity, you will stand and say, look again. I know this dude would not have given me this without paying for it. And that's the boldness. That's the uh, uh, courage we need when we stand in, in face of adversity, declaring the promises of God. God has nothing to do with it. God has already released all of the grace. We can't be going back to beg God because God has done his part. We need to start evicting some demons, evicting some wrong spirits in our promises. It's a confirmation. God has already confirmed it. It's a title deeds. The Bible is filled with 66 books filled with title deeds. What the title deed says? It says God has met all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's what the confirmation says. Well, Pastor T, it doesn't look like... Well, it, it's got nothing to do with what it looks like. In fact, most people that own houses and are walking around with title deeds don't even look like property owners. So it's got nothing to do what, with what it looks like. It has everything to do with who is in possession of the... Someone shout, I am in possession of all the promises of God over my life. Shout, I am healed. Shout, I am prospered. All my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Shout, what faith will do for me no man can do for me. Watch what he says. He says it's the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. Being the proof of the things we do not see. Oh, I love it. I love it. He says we are proof of the things that we do not see. The word of God is proof of the things that we do not currently, S-double-E. That word see, you could replace it with the word the things that are not immediately made manifest to our physical senses. That's what he's talking about. He's saying the word of God is proof for the things that are not immediately made manifest to your physical senses. Amen. The things that you don't see. You have the proof of the things. Man, that's what believing is. It's taking the word of God and saying, man, I believe it even yes. though... I don't see it with my physical eyes. Even though I cannot touch it right now. That's what faith is. He says you have the proof of the things which we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact. What is not revealed to the senses. It's real fact that Jesus has already paid the price. It's a fact. Hallelujah. Good word. 
And it's confirmed. That's what faith is. And when you start operating in faith, you start operating in a realm that is beyond what you can see with this physical life. Second Corinthians chapter number 4 verse 18. Thank you, Jesus. Man, when you catch that revelation that God is good. Someone shout, God is good. God is good. Shout, God loves me. You know, I know we, we, that, that thing, we've treated it like as a cliche. We've treated it, you know, with, man, that thing, that thing is loaded with revelation. The Bible says in Galatians chapter number 5, verse 6, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth much, but faith which works by love. Faith works by love. When you know how much God loves you, faith is the fuel for your love. When you start catching a revelation of how much God loves you, you won't be going back to him trying to beg for rain. You know he is not the problem. You won't be going back to him trying to beg him for, you know, healing. He is not the problem. God's giver is not the problem. It's our receiver that's the problem. Man, someone shout, God loves me. Now look at your neighbor and say, there ain't nothing you can do about it. Now let me tell you, if you catch that revelation, your faith will go through the roof. God loves me. No, not the bishop, not, not the pastor, not, not the deacon, not the, you know, no, no. He loves me. The person that I wake up and I see, in the, when I catch that revelation, it becomes easier to pray. You know why? Because my prayer is not to beg an old man sitting in heaven with a long stick looking for me to make a mistake so he can strike. No, my prayer is to get into partnership with him so we can accomplish things in the earth realm. Man, when I start praying, knowing God, it is God. See, when I got this offer, I started thinking, and I said, man, God, once we're on TBN, once every week, this place is already full, and it's going to get even fuller. Where are we going to put all the people? And God said to me, he said, uh, did you think I knew it when I gave you this opportunity, that this place is already full? I said, I think you may have an idea. Because I knew where it was going. He said, don't you think I know where all the open space in Johannesburg you can meet for churches? I said, okay, okay, I see where you're going. He said, the same way I deliver this airtime to you is the same way I will deliver everything that you need for the work to continue. Now, if I'm praying to a God like that, I'm not going to go, please, please, please. Because no, he's saying, no, 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 dude, I'm already 10 steps ahead of you. I've already figured it out. So I'm going and I'm saying, Lord, you show me where to go and I'll go. So it's a lightweight prayer, but spiritually loaded. Religiously, it's lightweight. Because people want you to go, Shandamaga, oh, please, 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 bind that, bind that, pick up a chair, do something in the physical. No, just cooperate with the God. Listen, God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. God wants you prospered more than you want to be prospered. And when you catch that revelation, it becomes easier to possess his promises. Because you're not trying to convince him. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 verse 18. Watch what it says. It says, why we look not at the things which are seen or the things which are made manifest to your physical senses. 
Why do we not look at those things, Pastor T? Keep reading. He says, why we don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are what? Temporary or subject to change. The things which you can see with this physical eyes are subject to change. And if you base your life on something that is subject to change, you're going to have some instability. Because guess what? They like you today. Tomorrow they're not going to like you. So if I base my self-esteem, if I base my self-image on people's liking me, guess what? I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to be unstable. Because today they love you. Tomorrow they won't. Today, Osana, tomorrow crucify him. It's just human nature. Not to say that people are bad. That's just who they are. So if I base my self-image on that, I'm going to be in trouble. So here, he's given us a, a, some good spiritual advice. He says, don't base it on the things that you can see. Even at your job, when they're hiring you, man, they love you. They want you to leave. And I, you know, I, I work with some labor lawyers. They tell me, man, Pastor T, when they don't want you, they don't want you. Yeah. <laughs> you could get a final warning or first warning for walking in at 8 o'clock 30 seconds later. <laughs> first warning because you were late. How late? 30 seconds. Technically, they can get you out. So if you base your life on that, those, are th those things are subject to change. That's why we look at things that are in the spirit. Why? Watch what it says. It says, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The things which are not seen are permanent. The promises of God are permanent. That's why we base our life on His promises alone. Because His promises are permanent. And when we connect with His promises which are permanent, the things which are subject to change have no choice but to change in line with His promises. Oh man, I'll tell you. If we were trying to get on TV with our tithes and offerings from this place, it would have blown our budget in the first week. <laughs> see why we can't look at the things which we see? Yeah. One camera would have killed us. It would have destroyed the ministry. We're shutting down. We're going home. <laughs> PT overspent. What did he do? He bought one camera. <laughs> That's why you can't base your life on that. You know why? Because it's temporary. Some of you are, you know, Pastor T, I hear you, I know, but seeing is believing. I only believe it when I see. Listen, by the time you see it, there's no need for you to believe it. How many of you believe I'm standing right in front of you? No, you don't have to believe. You know. Amen. How many of you know there are frequencies running in this room? There are short wave, medium wave. Uh, uh, FM frequencies, DSTV frequencies are all over in this room. And none of us can perceive them with these physical eyes. Does it mean it's not real? No, it is real. If you take a satellite dish and put it on your house, those uh, frequencies will go in through the LNB into your decoder, which converts and unscrambles the frequencies and the signal to a, 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 a state that can be broadcasted on a television as motion picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And it's the same thing. God, His frequency, He has a grace frequency that is always broadcasting. Always broadcasting the good stuff. And what you need to do is to position the DSTV of your life, better known as your heart, to His promises. And when you are positioned, when you are in line with His promises, you start receiving that signal and you send it to the decoder of your life which is known as F-A-I-T-H. And it will bring it into manifestation in real life picture. Now you can taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not just some esoteric concept out there. No, I've positioned my DSTV satellite and tapped into his grace realm and things are being manifested in my life. How did I do that? F-A-I-T-H. It decodes the grace of God into manifestation in the physical realm. So that's how important faith is. Let's close this in Romans chapter number 4 verse 16. Romans chapter number 4 verse 16. Man, all you have to do is to trust him before you seek to understand him. <laughs> he told me, and I came back and I'm praying. I'm, I'm, I'm overjoyed. I said, God, did you know about that email from 2016, the 16th of April? He said, well, there are many other emails conspiring behind your back, and I've orchestrated them to bless you. Someone shout, me too. Me too. Just because you haven't seen it does not mean it's not happening. So many things, man, are happening in the background. People working overdrive to bless you. Just because you haven't seen it does not mean it's not happening. It is happening. Oh man, it will take your faith to the next level. Romans chapter number 4 verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to what? Oh, come on. Preach with me. He says it is of faith that it might be according to? See, every time you see faith, you're going to see grace. Because grace alone won't do it for you. And faith alone won't do it for you. Because the faith people that just work faith, 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 are trying to get God to do something without realizing he's already done it by grace. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's two sides of the same coin. Anybody with a coin? Two sides of the same coin. If you look at this five round coin, this five round coin has been given uh, 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 as a way of trade by the South African rand to the tune of five rand. Amen? Yeah. If it is two... This coin has two sides to it. And it is only legal tender when both sides are on it. Just like grace and faith. It's two sides of the same coin. Now, if I took this coin and I grinded one side and I went to the Faith Cafe to try and get a coffee, the ladies there, it's now up to them to decide whether they want to receive. They are not under any legal obligation to receive this as legal tender. You know why? Because there's one side missing. 
It's the same thing with faith and grace. And here's what's cool about it. God has already stamped his side on the coin. A lot of people are are saying, man, I'm waiting on God. No, no, no. God is waiting on you. Because by grace, God has already stamped his side. He has already done his part. It's called the finished. Someone say finished. It's called the finished work of the cross. He's already stamped his side. He is just waiting on you and me to come so we can stamp our side. And when we stamp our side, we can start trading in the kingdom of God. That is why faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Not things. Faith. He rewards those who diligently seek Him. Not things. Him. Because he is the main man. Romans chapter number 4 verse 16. Is this yours? Come on man, pastor, receive it in Jesus. Man, why don't you say pastor? Just, uh, my seed. <laughs> Romans chapter number 4 verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of how many? All of us. All of us. Abraham is whose father? All of us. Did you read it? Now watch what happened. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now that's awesome. When God went to Abraham, he didn't say, Abraham, I am trying to make you a father of many nations in the future. Even though dude was already 100 years old and his wife 75 and she was barren. God went and said, I have already done it. Now, if Abraham was looking at the things which are seen, you'd have said, no, Lord, you're lying. No, he was also looking in the unseen realm, and he said, I receive it, and I'm actually going to action it into my life. So you know what Ab did? Ab went to home affairs and said, from today onwards, I want to change my name. I'm putting in a request. Officially, I shall no longer be called Abram. But my new name is Abraham. Now, the lady of home affairs must have said, man, what does that mean? What's the difference? Because it sounds the same to me. Oh, no. Abraham means the father of many people. Oh, man, you must have lots of children. Uh, I actually don't have one. Oh, yes, I do. What would have been your answer? Because that determines whether you're in faith or you've stepped out of faith. Oh no, it's just this thing that they told us to do at our church. They said everybody, you know, names, there's power in names. So I want to change my name, you know, just Abraham. Plus Abraham sounds, no, 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 no. You must have lots of children. Yes, I do. That's what faith says. Why? If we keep reading, it says because it speaks of things that are not as though they are. That's what faith does. Faith doesn't wait for manifestation for it to start dancing. Because anybody can dance when the rain comes. Faith dances before the rain comes. He went and changed his name. It says from today onwards, father of many nations. The lady at home affairs must have thought he's crazy. He's gone mad. But if they bring her back again today, we just read that Abraham is now the father of how many? 
All of us, all of us. So that dude is about 7 billion. Okay, not 7 billion, because about technically 2 billion Christians. Because he's only the father of Christians. That dude is about 2 billion kids. He can turn around and say, how many do you have? How did he get to that? Watch how he got to it. I've made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. He believed God. Who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's what faith does. Who contrary to natural human hope, in hope, spiritual hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Number 19. And not being weak in faith. This is critical. We're going to be teaching you how to be strong in faith. How to exercise your spiritual faith muscles. You know why? Because you are in a spiritual battle. Someone said, uh, you know, Brother Henry called me and said, I'm in spiritual warfare and I need to fight back. And that's what faith does. It realizes I'm in spiritual warfare and I'll fight back. You know, growing up when I was uh, uh, young, I used to think, man, if there was ever war in our country, what I'll do is uh, when the soldiers come, I'll just lie on the ground and, you know, take some tomato sauce and just spray it on my face. And just play dead. And then the soldiers will walk past me and say, ah, this one is dead. And then when they walk past me, I'll get up and run home. No, it doesn't work with spiritual battles. You're going to have to learn how to fight back. Because we have an enemy who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we need to learn how to fight the good fight of what? Of faith. That's what, that's what the... The all your fight, all your spiritual fight is going to be about staying in faith. Because yeah. Satan wants to get you out of faith. Yeah. That's all he's trying to do. You'll say, come on, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't taste right. And if you go by the senses, you will be deceived. Yeah. It's called optical illusion. You remember that? Even your eyes, man, will deceive you. He says, and being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So faith does not deny the facts. So faith says, yes, I'm 100 years old. It's all right. So faith says, yes, Sarah's womb is dead, but I am not considering it. Faith says, yes, this is what the doctor said. But it will not be a factor in the outcome of this situation. Oh, faith says we only have 342 rand in the account. But it will not be a factor on how I go about my business. So faith doesn't deny the facts. It just doesn't let the facts determine the outcome of the fact. He he just didn't consider it. Come on, just say, just say, it's real, but just, I'm not considering. That's what he did. What am I considering? The promise. Watch what he says. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith giving glory to God. I love verse 21. This is the definition of faith. And being fully persuaded or fully convinced. Being fully 
convinced. You know, growing up, I used to think faith is a feeling that just gets up on you. You know, you're busy minding your own business. You're just walking in the oh, faith. I have faith. I have faith. You start laying hands on the sick and take it, and then it goes. Oh, faith is not. No, no, no. Faith takes place in your mind. Being fully convinced. Being fully persuaded. And doubt, the Apostle James describes doubt as being double-minded. You know, you can measure your faith. Are you fully convinced or you're double-minded? Because here's what the enemy is trying to do. When you receive that word, Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You say amen, someone say amen. Immediately the enemy brings a screenshot of your bank account. Now, aren't your neighbor and ask them, what's it going to be? Now tell them if you do both, you're double-minded. And if you do one, you are in total unbelief. If you do the other, you are fully convinced. Now get an answer. What's it going to be? Ask them. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Fully convinced. That's what faith is. Faith is being fully convinced regardless. Someone say regardless. If I was back home, I would say irregardless. Giving a negative, a double negative, so it can make a point, irregardless of where you are. It is being fully persuaded, irregardless of what your body is telling you. Irregardless, you keep saying the same thing, you keep standing on God's word because your bank account will speak to you, your body will speak to you, it will challenge you. So you can bring a negative confession contrary to his promise. Man, he, he knew it. For 25 years, Abraham had to be fully convinced. Fully convinced. Fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Man, you need to be fully convinced. That even though I can't figure it all out, I'm 100% sure that God will do what he says he will do. Even though my body may be in pain, I'm 100% sure that by his stripes I am healed. If you have to do it over six months, keep confessing the same word, standing on that promise, then do it. One businessman, Pastor Trevor was sharing with me a story. One businessman's tenacity. He had a child, and the child was uh, deaf, couldn't hear. And he said these words. He said, I am going to have faith for my son. And for 18 years straight, he spoke to him as if he could hear. And when he turned 18, a miracle happened. And today, that boy can hear. 18 years. See, most people can't stand on faith for a day or for an hour. Abraham was fully convinced and stood in faith for 25 years until the promised child came. For all the 25 years, he was fully 
convinced. He was fully persuaded that God's grace had already released the promise. God had already said, I have made you a father of many nations. Let me tell you, child of God, you may not be able to figure it all out. You won't be able to figure it all out. So just stop and start trusting. God told me, he said to Farah, seek to trust me before you understand me. And before you understand everything that's going on around you. Because there's some things that are beyond the realm, the scope of your understanding. And when you stand in God's promise, that's all you need. If Abraham had tried to figure it out, the maths wouldn't have worked. Number one, he's 100 years old. Number two, she's 75. Number three, she's been barren all her life. Even the doctors can't help you. But guess what? Where the doctors stop, that's where God begins. Thank you, Jesus. We pray for all of you, Father. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, we thank you that as they go, you may go with them. We pray that as they go, your glory will go ahead of them. We pray that as they go into the marketplace, your anointing will flow through them. Witty inventions, creative ideas, wisdom to solve problems in the marketplace. Father, we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. May this be the greatest week you have experienced so far this week, this year. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. And amen and amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we love you. God bless you. And you are this peace.